we meet together during the, the great British summer. When at least for the last few weeks, we've experienced the, the old normal. That's wet, windy, cool, murky, and never quite sure what the children are going to do. But this week, this week, it has been dry, hot and sunny. Uh, but don't hold your breath. It's changing today. But nonetheless, it's been a beautiful week. The weather is fine. And we're surrounded by good food and drink and friends. But food and drink are not the be all and end all of life. There's a longing within us for more than just that. And it's a longing to know God, to come close to him and to respond to his calling on our lives. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, we read, man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This would have reminded the Israelites that God guided and fed his people during the Exodus as they passed through the wilderness. Today, God will guide us as we walk with him through our lives. God will feed us and feed us in our inner beings as well as our bodies. And today we're going to be looking at the desires of our hearts that part of our inner being. Our first reading is from Psalm 119, verses 33 to 40, reading from the New International Version of the Bible. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law, and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your command, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes, and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things, Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant, so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts in your righteousness preserve my life. Our last song that we sang was giving thanks to God with a grateful heart. And in this reading from the psalm, the writer also considers the desires of their heart. Now, in scripture, the heart is not the physical organ of the body, but it's taken to represent a word to represent the center of the human spirit, from which springs emotion, thoughts, motivation, courage and action. And everything we do is said to come from our heart. The inner desire that drives and leads our behavior, our interaction with other people and our interaction with God. Now, the psalmist does his writing, but he makes some assumptions that God will respond to them. And that God will grant the petitions when they desire to be like God. The psalmist also assumes that God will interact with them. 
and he will influence them and what they do in their life. So we're going to look at a few of these points. If we look at verse 37, the verse starts with, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will observe it to the end. Now, the psalm, this psalm 119, uh, is very carefully constructed and has a quite, quite complex structure. And it's the longest psalm, and it's based on the 22 characters of the Hebrew Bible, not the Hebrew alphabet, not the Bible, but the alphabet. Now, each letter in the alphabet starts a verse, and there are eight verses for each letter of the alphabet. Not the same word, it starts with the same letter. So there are 22 characters and eight verses. And that's why it's so long. But also, each verse is in two parts, as shown as is tried to show on the screen. There's the first bit, which in this particular one, in verse 33, is teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. And then there's the counter side, which is, and I will observe it to the end. So this this verse and all the verses in this psalm are effectively in two parts. The first part, and then the response of the of the writer in the second half. So what is it that this writer is calling out to God to teach them? It says, teach you about the statutes. What is it that they want to be taught about? Is it the world around us? Literature, poetry, art, music, science, medicine, social behavior or psychoanalysis? Is that what they're asking God to know about? Well, no, it's not because here, the psalmist is very much speaking about being taught God's law. Uh, and that, of course, would have been the Torah, the first five books of the, the Old Testament. And it's not so that they just understand the words and can read the Bible and read the words. They actually want to get to the meaning, the essence behind what's written. What does it really mean? How can we really understand it? And apply it to our lives that's what the psalmist is saying his heart's desire is and the question is addressed to god and it's clear in all of these verses that the writer expects an answer so this is an encouragement that when we pray we should expect to get a response now the next verse um, is verse 34 um, and, I, and I've listed a few on here because you, you can see here we, we've got all of the, the the split into the two parts. And 34 is the give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. So not just does he want to know what it means, he actually wants it to happen. So he, his heart's desire is not just to hear about it. So it's not just want to hear pay lip service to it. He doesn't want to just know about it for a in his head oh yes i understand all that he actually wants it to go into his heart and then be worked out in every part of his life and it's implied that god will respond to him it's he's expecting an answer because he wants understanding so that he can keep the law and that he can observe it which is his behavior and the request is in line with god's intentions God has revealed himself to us in the Bible and in the lives of those who trusted and believed in him in the past. God worked with the people of Israel. 
this revelation is so that we can come to know God. This is the way that God has chosen to make himself known to us. And then we see what God is primarily and most clearly in the life of God's son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus came to reveal God the Father to us so we may know him, to know how to please God and to do so with all of our heart. And God will grant petitions when they are aligned and desire to be like God. God never acts out of character. It's not, it's not his nature. Everything in scripture says that God is God and he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his response. And it's not in his nature and it's not in his heart to be untrue to himself. God does not work evil, only good at all times. The evil we see and the decay and the destruction and the death we see is because we are not in a perfect world. Because there is evil. Now, when God exercises his judgment, it is a valid and correct response to the situation. Not something we hear about much these days, the judgment of God. But it's not a it's not a judgment that you get with a human court or with a human judge who makes mistakes and does things for his own reasons. God never does that. He's always right. And the people who were, were judged would always admit that the judgment is true. But God loves us and he does help us. So, for example, eating manna in, during the Exodus, God fed the people of Israel. Jesus' death on the cross was because God loves us. And if, if you want to hear more, I mean, Jesus' words in Matthew 7 Jesus said this to his disciples and to us. If you then, who are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So it's an encouragement. Jesus is encouraging us to ask God to be given good things. And, and the psalmist is wanting that. And it was written thousands of years before. And God will interact with him in the next few verses. We see, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Or turn my heart to your decrees and not to selfish gain. The writer isn't asking for gold and silver, for houses, for property, wealth, health or status. He asks for happiness through a desire and fulfillment in doing what God wants him to do. Can we join with the writer in desiring this most in our own lives? Do we have the same desire in our heart? Do we seek direction from God and look to his word for guidance? And for us, of course, we look to the word of God as revealed in Jesus. So do we ask Jesus for guidance and long to hear from him? Do we long for more of him. The psalm explores our heart's desires, and this psalm is effectively a prayer. Uh, Romans chapter 13, 
verses 8 to 14. Let no debt remain outstanding, except the continuing debt of love, to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Now this passage, like the psalm, was a set reading for today. So they're, they're sort of linked. And in the psalm, we looked at our heart's desire and and the desires that drive what we do and how we, how we behave. Now the psalmist seeks to do the Lord's will and wants to obey God's commands. And in this passage in Romans, Paul reminds us of Jesus' words in Matthew 22, where Jesus was spoke speaking and said love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments the psalmist wanted to read through the whole of the torah to understand it and apply it and jesus has distilled it down and says if you just understand and enact in your life, love your neighbour as yourself, you will be fulfilling the law. Now, Paul reminds us to love one another, for whoever loves fulfils the law. Not that love is the law, but the outworking of our desires in love means we're on the right track. And the psalmist may have looked to the word of God in scripture to seek life and know god's will but jesus is the living word of god and jesus does reveal god's will to us because he we see it in the example of his life and a life lived in compliance with the law all that jesus did and said was only what the dream the psalmist could ever dream about and we have the benefit of hindsight and we can see a life lived in accordance with god's will when we see Jesus and we read about him in the Bible. And that is a life of love. 
Now, Paul also addresses our weaknesses. Now, we may long to do God's will, to love our neighbour, indeed to love ourselves, which is perhaps sometimes more difficult than loving our neighbours. But we often find, can find this difficult. Even though as each hour passes, we're an hour closer to the end of the age. Paul asks us to put aside the deeds of darkness. Paul doesn't assume that as soon as we believe, we somehow are absolutely perfect. He's saying and calling on people who believe to put aside deeds of darkness, implying that perhaps there's still the thin end of a wedge somewhere in our lives of darkness. And that we're always longing to follow God's commands, but we don't always succeed. And there are times when we don't follow God, when we fail and we slip back into the clutches of temptations to seek that which edifies or builds up our human spirits in ways that put ourselves first and which oppose the purity and love of God. And sometimes we don't love. Sometimes we have wrong thoughts and that the desires of our hearts are not to love our neighbours as ourselves. And we're tempted to go against God in the same way as Adam and Eve were tempted in the Garden of Eden. Tempted to gratify our carnal lusts, our greed or slander, perhaps speaking ill of people, or envying or covetous, longing for wealth or power or influence. If we have times in our lives where we're headed in the wrong direction, Paul is saying, wake up. It's not too late, but time is moving on. Put on the armour of light. Turn to Jesus and receive his forgiveness. Realign your heart's desire. Turn to God for guidance and help, and he will help you. He will inspire you, and he will change you. He will change you in the circumstances that you find yourself. Come to Jesus and you will be changed. That's a promise. Ask our Father God for the Holy Spirit to guide and mould you and you will receive. Trust God. He will not forsake you. He will not forsake us. We can trust him to bring us through life and through death to be with him in glory. Amen.
adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs> 